Hello, welcome to Primary Care Priest. This is our 13th episode. I'm Father Simeon. In this episode, and over the course of the next several episodes, we are going to focus on suffering. How do you deal with your own suffering? How do you help your patients or your friends or your family members endure suffering? We're going to take a look at deep, powerful spiritual teachings on suffering. Orthodox theology isn't rational philosophy. It's not academic. It's practical, even though it's mystical. It's also down to earth, right where we are. I love teaching on the book of Genesis as a spiritual text. It provides us an image, not like a photograph or a painting, but an image in words of the cosmos, as it was intended to be, full of life, well-ordered, like a healthy human body, nurturing, healthful, having diversity with wholeness, and inclining toward growth and perfection, completeness. Sadly, these days, it's not unusual to hear somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about misinterpret Genesis approaching the text with a narrow wooden literalism in a two-dimensional sort of way, or on the other hand, approaching it like it's just human mythology, so that it's divorced from the reality it's expressing. Both of these approaches obscure the meaning of Genesis. The book of Genesis, as I said, shows us what the world unfallen into death looks like. But we can't even imagine what that kind of world really looks like fully, because whatever we imagine is just our imagination. All that we know, all of our experience, is of this world as it is, afflicted by death, which involves chaos and corruption and confusion, disorder, disintegration, and sickness, which causes suffering. Look how cancerous cells uninhibited behave in the human body. I mean, cancer is a suitable metaphor for the sin and death in the soul and in relationships and in the community and in the world. When we open to the first pages of Holy Scripture, we don't see any suffering. Instead, first, we see a creation full of health and life and the garden of paradise where the tree of life is planted. But then we discover a serpent. And behind this image of the serpent an intelligent, powerful, proud, and manipulative, evil, created being known as the devil. Through deception, the devil convinced our first ancestors, Adam and Eve, that they could become gods by themselves through rebellious disobedience against their uncreated creator, the one who is life and the source of all created things, the one who had lovingly fashioned them according to To his image. Through their act of sin, turning their hearts away from the source of life, they brought death, the absence of life, into their experience and into the experience of the cosmos. By death, I don't mean the final end of physical, biological life, but both the weakness of our mortal physical body and the sickness in the soul. Because of the experience of death in the body, we become ill and we physically suffer, and the experience of death in the soul causes suffering too. One of the symptoms of death of the soul is the activity of the passions within us. The passions are those unnatural movements of the soul, like 
pride and jealousy, anger, lust, laziness that cause suffering in our lives and in the lives of the people connected to us. Passions are described as wild animals within us. If we follow where those passions lead, that is, if we live instinctually and by impulse and feelings rather than rationally with a pure heart that has been guided by the Holy Spirit, we incline toward acting more like the lower animals instead of growing and evolving toward healing, perfection, inner humility, love, peace, and holistically fulfilling our potential. In other words, the passions lead towards sin and the consequences of sin. In the West, we think of sin as sort of this naughtiness or breaking a law, but sin is self-harm. It's making a self-inflicted wound in our own souls and hurting ourselves through actions. The word passion means suffering, and suffering isn't always contained within our own selves. We can negatively affect other people's lives too. So we are the cause of some of our suffering, and we are the cause for suffering in other people. Of course, you may be good at rationalizing your own behavior as being okay for you to do. The more educated you are, the more complex your rationalizing may be. But underlying your self-justification is your pride and self-delusion. Your self-justification may also involve projecting blame on other people instead of you being honest with yourself. Patients can give their physicians all kinds of reasons why they aren't following medical advice. And we, to the detriment of our own spiritual health, can make excuses about why we sin too, instead of following the spiritual therapeutic way that leads to healing and life. This is the way of repentance. Your suffering isn't just simply caused by the sickness in your soul. Because you live in a world that is outside of you, external to you, and it's afflicted by death too. Viruses can infect your body. Mutations can keep your body from functioning properly. Other human beings who each possess the free will to act like you do, they can use their will, their intention, to either do good or to do evil, to commit violence against you. And you can experience chaos even in your closest most intimate relationships with other imperfect human beings like you, who are also dealing with the same spiritual illness that you are suffering from. Of course, we are often much more aware of other people's problems than we are willing to admit our own. Also, whether you realize it or not, or want to admit it or not, those rebellious, invisible, bodiless powers that we call demons influence our thoughts and our behaviors and our relationships. They attack us and they cause suffering too. A demon may try to subtly suggest that you are a good, loving, justice-affirming, glowing human being compared to other people. You're better than other people. Or alternatively, the demons may suggest that you're worthless and unlovable or that you have no purpose or that your present difficulty 
is all there is. And there's no hope of joy in your future. Certainly the demons may try to drag you into atheism or spiritual delusion. And these things would lead you toward a pit that's deep with narcissism. And narcissism is the opposite of humility, which is what causes us to sprout wings and be able to ascend. When you go through suffering, you will find in the pages of Holy Scripture and in the continuing story, the spiritual story of the church, people who have been there, men and women who have suffered and who have overcome that suffering. In this life, you will likely suffer and you will see others suffer. Why do we suffer? We live in a world afflicted by death, in the broad sense of death. But this is important. Suffering doesn't have to crush you. It's your choice. But you can choose to allow the power of God, the divine energy, to transform your suffering to be your medicine, your therapy that heals you from the sickness in your soul and makes your heart pure, your faith stronger, your insight clearer, your love more powerful, and your daily life more fulfilling. This path leads to the healing of the soul. Yes, and ultimately also to the healing of the body at the completion of time with your soul. How do we deal with the reality of suffering now? We have a lot to talk about. Thank you for listening to Primary Care Priest. If you benefit from this podcast, please share it. I'm Father Simeon. May God bless your journey.